You are listening to the 3 and D pod. We are a podcast under the Grizzly Bear Blues network of podcasts, along with the starting five, the core four, the uh, GBB live and the long view by Parker Fleming. GBB is a uh, blog community under SB Nation and Box Media. I'm Justin Lewis. You can find me on Twitter at J underscore Timberfake underscore. Join, like always, by no nickname, not the golfer, Benjamin P. Hogan. What does P stand for? Patrick. Benjamin Blanket. It's a very Irish. It's a very Irish name. Are Benjamin you Irish? Patrick Hogan. Yeah. My dad, my dad's side is Irish. My mom's side is German. So, yeah. So am I. Okay. My, my actually my birth last name was Ireland. Oh wow! And then I was adopted as a Lewis when I was four. Okay. So there's a little nugget there. That's so, cool. That's cool. It's been uh, I guess a week and a half since we had the Grind City Media crew on. Had a quite yeah. a number of games go on. How's your week been? It's been all right. I think uh, you had a better week than I did. I mean, you got a, you got a couple things to be congratulated on, I guess. You're going to be uh, covering Ole Miss, and you're going to be um, – oh, well, not you're going to be, but the Atlanta Braves happen to win the World Series too. <laughs> 26 oh. years of paying my dues. Fair enough. We're just going to listen for a second, Ben, until it hits. <laughs> they already had it pre set up. Here we go. First time I ever heard that song, I was 11 years old. And we won the championship of the Pee Wee Football League in South Haven. And one of, <laughs> one of the dads was playing that on a boom box on the sideline. Oh, that's hilarious. That That's hilarious. I was joking with my <laughs> friends that are Brace fans. I was like, oh, baseball season's still going? Cool. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we, we all agreed. We're just a bunch of haters on each other. I, like, we have a group chat, a couple of Brace fans. Another's a Reds fan. Another's a Cubs fan. I'm a Cardinals fan. Like, anytime our teams are – in the championship or whatever, everybody else is rooting against them. So we're we kind of joke with each other, but in in the end, we're kind of we're all happy for each other when uh, when their team wins. It's just you know you gotta you gotta pay your dues right there. That's right. <laughs> I, and I don't know if some of my friends are actually happy for me because I've probably been pretty obnoxious about it. But like I was five years old the last time any team that I rooted for won a championship. Grizzlies had never won one. Ole Miss won one in the sixties the last time. And then the Braves, it was 1995. And, like, obviously in 1995, I don't remember that. Um, so, like, yeah, me and my wife sat in the bed and, you know, shed a couple tears. And uh, <laughs> she was more crying because she's pregnant and uh, about right. to pop. And, That's the emotion. Yeah. yeah. And, and Freddie, she loves Freddie. And Freddie was getting emotional that they're talking about it. So she's like, oh, Freddie. And I'm just sitting here, like, trying to wipe, wipe, wipe back the tears because I'm just, you know, tears of joy or whatever. Right. Um, yeah, it was it was a good week. Um, it sucked that Ole Miss lost to to Auburn, but they're so banged up that you know it is what it is. And um, yeah, I am joining the SB Nation team uh, over at Red Cup Rebellion to really focus on Ole Miss basketball and baseball. 
Um, it'd be kind of my niche over there. Um, for some reason, they called me the resident basketball expert. And I'm like, well, self-proclaimed anyways. Uh, may not be much of an expert, but uh, I'll give you what I, what I got. Um, but then the Grizzlies, um, you know, they've won twice this week, two uh, back-to-back games against the Nuggets. Uh, and then they had that really, really bad performance against Miami. And uh, yeah. I had to I had to sit through the studio for that one. You were in the arena for well, yeah. I got I got all of it. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, people at home can turn it off for the the people in the stands can get up and leave during these blowouts. Right. So we gotta we gotta sit there. <laughs> we can't I will go. say, I know we're not gonna touch on the the loss that much, but I will say it felt more like a Spurs Warriors game. Uh, like Grizzlies playing the Spurs or Warriors, it was one of those where you look up and all of a sudden you're down by like. 12 15 it didn't even feel like it you claw your way back in to get within like 11 or 10 and then all of a sudden they come down they knock down three threes and you're back down by 19 20 and you're like what just happened you worked so hard to get it down to nearly single digits and they just punch you in the mouth again and that's what the spurs used to do that's what the warriors have more recently done that's just what it felt like yeah and you know we're not going to touch on it that much it's an outlier it's just one of those games that they had it going we didn't uh, yeah. Miami has been phenomenal to start the year. Um, they are a great team defending the paint. They don't um, – they, they want you to shoot threes, and they contest those threes. I think they fly to the three-point line and contest three-point shots. So if you're able to contest threes at the rate they do and not give up points in the paint, um, it's hard to score on a, on a team like that. So, um, yeah, then we, we get Denver, and uh, obviously they're without Jamal Murray. But Michael Porter Jr., man, has not been good. Will Barton, man, I thought he was going to just put a dagger through our hearts yeah. the way that he was playing uh, Wednesday night. But, you know, let's let's talk about the, the impact uh, of these early season wins against teams like Golden State uh, and, and Denver. Uh, just what that means, you know, we're five and three. You know, top of the conference right now, uh, Utah and Golden State are the class of the conference, but we're we're hanging around that four or five area right now. Uh, our division looks super winnable, maybe more winnable than we thought it was going to be. Uh, Dallas, I think Dallas is kind of what we thought it was going to be, struggling to have offense with Jason Kidd. Season. They'll be there. New Orleans is horrendous, <laughs> like the worst team yeah. in basketball, which is entertaining. Um, that's what i said I, I tweeted at you i was like hopefully you uh hammered the under for the season total for that like we told you like hey get we told in you we now. did tell you yes um and i told y'all to take the over on the magic and that's looking to be decent um so ben like what do these early season uh wins mean against these these teams that were beaten I mean, it, it's establishing yourself as one of the better teams in the in the league. I mean, I don't I don't want to use the term elite yet, but if you look at the teams that you're with, you know, you're with the Lakers, who are the favorites coming into the season. You're with Golden State; they have one loss. It's the Grizzlies. You're with Dallas, same same record as Dallas, the team that you're going to be competing with in the uh, in your division. And you're you're establishing yourself there. You're letting everybody else take notice and. The opening schedule, besides the opener against Cleveland, I mean, it's been really, really tough. And to come out of it five and three so far. Yeah, but Cleveland's really good. Fun. Cleveland's good. Yeah. I, yeah. Cleveland's five and four. I mean, you know what I mean? Just when you, when you think of Cleveland, 
well, well I'll wait and see. It's opening right, night. Right. You know, they, they, but they took care of business. And it, it's like you look back and now you look at the difference. Like, I don't think Cleveland really was ever a threat in that game. So you kind of you could, took care of business in the opener. And you're also the two wins against Denver. You're going to there's chances like when Jamal Murray comes back, they could make a make a run. And you just put yourself two games above them in a head to head. And do they, they play three times this year? Total uh, or is it four? I'll look. But you're guaranteed at least a season split. Like you're not losing a season series to Denver. You've already got two against them. They're not coming back to FedEx form. We play them four times at home, which is good. Four times. So yeah. Nonetheless, you're guaranteed at least a season split with them, and that's big because these those two teams at the end of the year they could have to end up with the same record or around the same record, and that'll be big when determining uh, home court advantage in the playoffs. I know it seems early to talk about that, but, you know, it, every game matters, especially against teams like that, against teams that you know that you're going to be competing in the playoffs, the playoff picture with at the end of the year. Yeah, and the Clippers are hovering around right where I think they're going to hover around all season. They're currently sitting in the nine seed. Um, I don't. I think that's about where they're going to be. Um, and so getting a win over them and keeping them below you, I think is big. Um, and, and I think you're you're right when somebody like uh, the Warriors get Clay and Wiseman back, and then the Nuggets get Jamal Murray back, and they can go on these runs. And then at the same time, you may have somebody go down for a stretch. So getting these wins on the front end of the season uh, instead of a slow start, uh, I think is huge. And I think that it was obvious that that was going to happen because we're one of the teams that had you know not a lot of turnover. I mean, look at those teams, the Jazz. Hardly any turnover. They're six and one, right? Um, the 76ers, I, I don't know how they're freaking six and two, but um, they're six and two. The Heat. They got rid of the dead weight. Dead weights on, yeah. on the bench or not even with team. The Heat added one all star point guard. So there's not a whole lot of turnover there. Um, I guess they added PJ Tucker too, but um, veteran guys, like it's, you know, the Grizzlies don't come to schedule. You got um, the Wizards, which I think is winnable. The Timberwolves have been maybe better than expected. Uh, they, they've got a, a pretty decent defense. Uh, that's winnable at home. Uh, the Hornets are a team, I think, that mirror the Grizzlies a lot. There's a lot of similarities between these two teams, the way they play. They want to get up and down the floor. Um, I think the the Hornets are actually number one in fast break points this season. Um, and then they've got those you know superstar point guards. Bridges is a candidate for most improved. He's been balling. Um, the Suns have not been good at all. Um, then you got the Pelicans and then the Rockets and then the Clippers and then the Timberwolves. So between now and, and November 20th, like you got a ton of winnable games in the front end of the season to give yourself maybe some cushion. If, if, you know, jaw, you know, tweaks an ankle or, or Jaron has his inevitable injury that he usually gets. Um, I don't know. I think it's been, um, I don't know. Do you, are you surprised by the start? A little bit, um, more or less just uh, the way Jaws has come out and just established himself. He's not, he's not taking any games off every game. It's just like, all right, tonight I'm going to prove to you. I'm a superstar tonight. I'm going to prove to you. I'm a superstar tonight. I'll do what I have to do to help us win, but I'm going to put up, I'm going to be a superstar again. I'm going to get close to a triple double. You know, I'm going to fill up the stat sheet. If I'm not scoring, I'm going to fill up the stat sheet with rebounds and assists. And he's just doing what he has to do. And 
like last night he took a back seat to Jaron because it was Jaron's show. Jaron was feeling it and he was doing he was being a leader and letting Jaron take over, which was awesome to see. And another thing about getting these wins early against these big teams it builds confidence. Yeah, there hasn't been a lot of turnover with the team, but it's still a young team, a very young team. And building confidence like that one win at a time, it, you just go into every game feeling like you can win it instead of I mean, yeah, the Miami game was one of those, like, it was an outlier. I mean, you're not going to beat teams when they're shooting like that. And you just pick yourself up. Next game, they go out, they beat Denver back-to-back. You know, that's a that's a team that I think that could be competing for a title when Jamal Murray comes back, just depending on how good he is. He looked good shooting before the game last night. His leg was, you know, wrapped up. But his shot looked good. He was moving around well. He's going to be – he's going to – he's going to be an impactful player when he returns. So I think, I think those are some things that uh, a lot of good to come from the first eight games of the season so far for the Grizzlies. Yeah. So we're one of the, I guess the key storylines early was the Grizzlies defense was just, was just bad. Um, And so the the first game you give up 121 and then you give up 114 and then you give up 121 and then you give up 116. So your first four games, you're giving up, you're hemorrhaging hemorrhaging points and then three of your next four is 101 and overtime 97 and 106 and then there's the outlier in the heat game I, I think what we've seen out of this defense the last three of the four games the warriors the the nuggets twice those three wins is more what you can expect out of this team defensively um i had a piece come out today where it talked about deflections and if you want to look at a, at a defense shooting percentage against you is not always the best indicator early, especially early in the season. Cause you could just face some teams that are really hot. Uh, eventually those are average out. I, I found that um, defensive uh, field goal percentages across the league differ a total of 5% from top to bottom. And that's like 38% to 33% or 33 to 39. Um, and so that'll average itself out. So when I want to look at a team and see if, if they're, they have the defensive profile. I'm looking at the hustle stats like deflections and defending the paint and defensive rebounding percentage and not giving up the easy points. And um, the Grizzlies have done those things. They have four players that have two deflections per game. And then Jaron's right there at 1.9. And since I wrote the piece, he could have been up to two and he could have five. Um, Melton's at like 4.2 deflections per game. Um, just creating chaos uh, for the other teams, getting out on the floor and running. Um, and I think some of that too is early on, we had a lot of turnovers. And so that's going to allow those teams to get those easy points in the paint on the fast breaks. Um, and I think them adjusting to Steven Adams being on the floor too early is a, is a real thing as well. Um, but I don't see them giving up an average of 116 points uh, for the rest of the season. I, I definitely see that, trending down uh and then you're you're adding dylan brooks who is going to help your defense um so i mean i i think five and three through the first eight games is for the second youngest team in the nba is the best that you can ask you know so let's you brought up jaron i got a question for you yeah where were you at 22 years old Oh, I was still in college. Uh, I don't even remember what I was – I mean, that should tell you everything. I don't remember what I was doing. Uh, <laughs> uh, what was that? That was 14 years ago, 2007. 
uh, this time, I mean, I was probably watching football uh, or, I mean, I was doing play-by-play for uh, UT Martin in college. That's what I was doing. Um, I hadn't reached my peak yet. I'll say that. I was still struggling at times. Uh, <laughs> by no means was I washed. I might be now, but not then. <laughs> so uh, I, this, this, I'm glad I missed it the day that it happened on Twitter. The whole conversation about a 22-year-old kid um, being washed or being terrible or not deserving the contract he just got paid. And I, and I just want to say this. At 22 years old, if I had a group of people that uh, supported me and cared about me that wrote me off at 22 years old, I have no idea where I would be in life. Because at 22 years old, right. I was just... I probably teaching my beer pong uh, playing. That's it. I was peaking on the intramural field at 22 years old, right? Yeah, um, yeah that's true. Yeah. My athletic ability was probably at my peak at 22. It's just yeah. gone downhill since. Now I'm just playing kickball. <laughs> um, I'm actually probably just as athletic now than I was at 18. So I've been lucky with that. But um, I, at 22 years old, I remember this very vividly. I was learning the hard life lessons that people don't want to be around people who are arrogant, know-it-all jerks. And while I may not have been a jerk relationally, I, I did carry myself with some arrogance because I was the most athletic dude in intramurals on a campus of 300 people, like big freaking whoop. <laughs> like who cares? <laughs> like, And that's what somebody told me that he came up to me. Dude, the dude cared about me. He was a friend. He said, look, man, like people don't ask to be around you or want to be around you because of the way that you carry yourself. Now, obviously I wasn't walking around beating my chest. Oh, you know, I'm so good at flag football or I'm so good at basketball or whatever. But like, I was very arrogant. I, I'm smart. I'm intelligent. And at that point in my life, I, you know, I hadn't would put people down because I, I was smarter than them. And I, I wanted people to know, um, <laughs> but I was at 22, like I'm 31 now. And I look back on who I was at 22 and I'm like, good gracious. I'm so glad that I'm nothing like that now. Like my wife would have never dated me if I was anything like that uh, <laughs> when she met me. And it's just, it's nuts. Like Jaron on top of being a professional athlete is a young man still trying to figure out who he is as well. And so while these, these athletes are open to the public scrutiny it, it affects them. Like my, my cousin was drafted by the Kansas city Royals and then traded to the reds. And for the first season or so, like he, he struggled and people on Twitter just laid into him and he, and he read it all and he saw it all. And then finally he's just like, you know what? I just got off Twitter. Like I, I just quit looking at it. And so like these people think that it's just harmless because they're hiding behind a keyboard or hiding behind their phone. Jaron sees this stuff. And you think somebody that maybe struggling with confidence isn't, gonna hear this and be like man like everybody's saying i'm this like am i really this a 22 year old kid's gonna think that and so like if you want him to be great you're not doing him any favors by constantly bashing him on a platform that he can read and he can see like just i just ask anybody that that wants to bash this kid for not living up to a contract that he literally just signed like the nba right. peak the nba peak starts at 26 years old like that is your when you're in your prime in the NBA is what data shows. 
he's four years away from his prime. So just, just think about who you were at 22 years old. And if you think that at 22 years old, you were who you wanted to be or who you are now, then, you know, whatever. But I guarantee you, most people that look back at 22, like, thank God I am not that person now. I don't know. It's, it, it really got to me to see people just tear into a kid like that. And there's a difference between like being critical of him, like, Hey, he struggled tonight, or, you know, this is what, what, what he's not doing right or something like that. But with Twitter and social media, people just go like, they're just vicious. And like you said, they just have on their keyboard and they're just like, you're terrible. And, or, you know, why did you get paid a hundred million dollars and whatever? And it's just like, you know, who cares? You're not, pay- I mean, I know you're, you're paying to go see him play, but you're not paying his contract. At the end of the day, it's not coming out of your pocket. It's coming out of your pocket to go see him play. You're still seeing a winning winning team. You're seeing John Morant as well. John Morant, I know they're going to say, well, he's in his third year, blah, 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 whatever. John Morant, I believe, has played more games than Jaron Jackson has so far in his career. Jaron's played so, 134 games across three seasons. Yeah, so he's still trying to figure himself out. Dude's still growing. Like, he's still trying to figure out his own body. Like, if I was growing at 22, I might be like 5'8 now, but I'm not. So, you know, it, you, you, there's a lot of things that come with that. When you grow two, three inches and you you learn how to – when you're an athlete of that size, you learn how to move your body and stuff you can and can't do at a certain height, and then all of a sudden you're taller. It's a little different. You know, you're still growing. You're still growing into your body. He's still going to be putting on a little more weight as well. So I just think that there's a uh, – yeah, he's still learning, and I, 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 I'm not going to write him off like some people want to already. Yeah, think about if Milwaukee wrote off Giannis, like similar, similar build. You know, the strength matters. Uh, I think Jaron still gets pushed around a little bit. Like Jokic backed him into with the spot that he wanted. Um, Jaron fouled him, hit him on the wrist. Uh, they didn't call it, but Jaron's got to get stronger. He's got to, like you say, he's got to learn his body, um, and it's and it's going to come. Like it's going to come. Um, and he showed flashes of that against Denver this week. You know, he got in the foul trouble Monday night. Um, but, you know, a, a stat that I've, I've tweeted out about Jaron so far this season to show you why he deserves to be the, the eventual second highest paid player on this team is the Grizzlies are 4-0 and when he plays 30 minutes, hits three threes, and grabs six rebounds. They're 5-0 and when he hits three threes. So, like, he cl- very clearly has a huge impact. And, and the starting lineup, which includes Jaron Jackson Jr., is the, the best offensive lineup in basketball, the best offensive starting lineup in basketball. They're in the 100th percentile in offensive rating. And then their differential is like absolutely nuts. It's, it's, it's a high, high number. And then that Golden State game, you saw exactly what you wanted to see from the future. It was a lineup with Jaron at the five that they closed with. Jaron matters when he's on the floor. Even if he's not hitting shots, his length creates problems. And I just think that, he he got the contract he deserved. Um, I think he's going to live up to it and, and some. And people just need to chill out. Because usually it's those guys that have um, a a player as their their profile pick or a, uh, the Twitter egg as their profile pick and their username is like Billy0475673, you know, three, <laughs> you know <laughs> all these numbers. Like this – People that wouldn't have the the gumption to to actually, they wouldn't have the balls to say it uh, with their actual name behind it. Right, and 
what you're saying pretty much is if Jared stays out of foul trouble, I guess that's the biggest thing. If he stays out of foul trouble, he's going to stay on the court for. Which we've always said, we've always acknowledged that, but now the the numbers are really showing it now. Yeah. And it's even more important, but he's going to have games like he did on Monday. He's going to have games like he did last night. That's, that's just what we're going to get this year. And, you know, maybe he's got 82 games to figure it out. I guess now what, 70, uh, 75 games. To maybe, he's got, maybe he's got 90 or so to figure it out. You know, we'll, we'll a little yeah, playoff well, run. Yeah, but we don't want him still try to figure things out. And, uh, that's in the true. Playoff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I agree with you. Like, he'll be, he's going to be fine. Hey, the way, the way he played last night, he wasn't afraid to go at Jokic. And that shows a lot of, I mean, that shows growth right there, too. He had no problem going at Jokic. No, I, and I, I don't even know if it's, confidence as much as just getting back into the groove of it you know these these chippies he's missing at the rim and you know how much has he seen that in the offseason you know you probably wanted to avoid contact with him so he didn't get hurt in the offseason I don't know I I think it's going to be fine he's got um, some favorable matchups coming up Stephen Adams has been really good for him for the team Um, I'll I'll take my my gold star for the Stephen Adams uh, (laughs) take Valanciunas has been offensively awesome in New Orleans, uh, but they're one and eight. Like he, like he gets shredded on defense. Like and <laughs> right. And guess what? Stephen Adams is one of two players in the NBA that hasn't missed a free throw that shot at least fifteen of them. What was he last year? Like sixty something percent? Or uh, was I think it? he was like forty something percent. It wasn't good. But he like he's not even touching the rim when he shoots right now and then his playmaking has been good and it's, it's everything that we've talked about he not needing to take shots which he probably takes like two a game has opened up shots for jaron and Ja and bane and melton and these other guys that need to take the shots and it's been awesome there's no way he has the same shooting coach as uh kyle anderson does he really no i don't know oh i'm just saying like, <laughs> kyle anderson's got that hitch back so do that hitch it's awful. And then I'm sitting there tweeting about it, and he goes out there and hits like three threes last night. And I'm like, all right, whatever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like 44% last year. That's what uh, Steven Adams was from the free throw line. 44%. I think he just wanted out of New Orleans, man. Who wants to live in freaking New Orleans? That's he just, bad. I think he tanked it so he could get traded out of there. Well, good. You know, good. That's fine. He ended up with the Grizzlies. So, I mean, what do you think good. Zion's doing right now? Zion is 100% tanking his way he's, out of there he is turning into a tank i mean <laughs> he's huge and i'm not trying to be mean about it it's just like they showed video of him uh going back and forth and i don't know what new orleans is doing like you he just he that his body is that way like he was like that at duke he just got a little bit bigger because he's not i don't think he's doing any exercise while he's while he's dealing with an injury. He's and, probably exercising his thumbs playing Call of Duty or something. Yeah. I mean, that's – and it, it just seems like the Pelicans have dropped the ball on this dude. Like, this is your franchise cornerstone. They've dropped the ball you, on every franchise cornerstone. Well, yeah, I mean, Anthony Davis. I, They're yeah. a poverty franchise. But it's just – it just mind-boggling how they can just drop the ball so bad on this. 
Because I think, yeah. you know, people were saying, well, what if Ja went to New Orleans and Zion ended up in Memphis? I think Memphis would have figured out what to do with Zion. They uh, put him on it a diet. Be like this situation. Do what? Yeah. They would, they would make sure that, well, I mean, he would, eating in New Orleans and eating in Memphis is pretty much the same thing. Uh, you know, be, they each have their own. Yeah. He'd eat Gibson's out of business. Do what? He would eat Gibson's out of business. <laughs> See now, see now you're being you're being mean at least. <laughs> <laughs> I just think they've just dropped the ball. They they got they're not even paying attention anymore. It's just whatever happens happens. Whatever gets back on the court, they'll just take whatever form of Zion they get, and that's not the way you go about when you have a player like that. Uh, I think Brandon Ingram's going to want out before this year is over. I don't blame him. I wait. I don't blame him at all. He's, saw- he's still he's got a lot of good years still left. I saw an interesting trade where you you swap Andrew Wiggins and Brandon Eagle. Oh, please no. Like, <laughs> I would hate that. I would too. <laughs> Are you worried about anybody in the division? Uh, I mean, Dallas still has their – What? Come, come on. What are you worried about with Dallas? What, who else am I going to be worried about? That's what I'm asking. Are you are you actually worried about anybody in the division? Because, like, Chris Opsingas I mean, has like a hurt I said, back. It, I still got Luca. I, I get that, but I, I'm would you not... take Luca? Hey, hey, you you're taking Luca or Ja? <laughs> God, I, you can't do that to me. I love both of them. Uh, I'm, I, yeah, I, 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 I think I take Ja. That's tough. Ja's that, willing that, to go off ball, and and Luca doesn't seem to be so willing. Luca doesn't seem to want to do anything with his teammates. <laughs> <laughs> No, he wants to go hang out with Dirk or Bobon. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, Their roster is just not deep. Like, it's just not. No. You got a bunch no, of guys not. that just chunk up threes, and, you know, some nights you're probably going to hit a crap ton of them, and then the other nights, like, you gave up Seth Curry for Josh Richardson and then just moved Josh Richardson for what, Moses Brown? <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah, I don't – I just think Dallas is still going to find a way to be there. Not with Jason Kidd as their coach. I'm sorry. It's just not happening. They're going to have to make a trade. Kristaps is not it. I mean, who are they going to get, though? Like, who's going to take Kristaps? I think they should reunite Boban and Tobias Harris. So, what, bring Tobias to uh, Dallas? You're not saying trade Boban to Philly? No, yeah, yeah. Boban stays in Dallas. Bring Tobias. I think Tobias would be a decent fit next to Luca. Yeah, I mean, like I, I grew up a Sixer fan, so I still, I still like the Sixers. So I, I don't want that to happen. You've had a, you've had a rough year as a fan. Philly and then the Raiders. The Raiders, man. Tennessee throwing mustard bottles and golf balls at people. Just one person. <laughs> And then Tennessee's what best basketball player is going to miss the beginning of the season too. Better the beginning of the season than the end of the season. That's true, folks. Ben Hogan as a, as a sports fan is down pretty bad, except for the Grizzlies. Yeah, well, the Raiders are five and two. They just everything off the field has been a disaster. Everything. I mean, yeah. yeah, it's really sad. The it situation is. with rugs is yeah. I, I never want to wish that on anybody. I Any do appreciate it. the way that Derek, Derek Carr has handled that. Yeah. Derek Carr's always been a class act. I mean, he gets – speaking of what we were talking about with Jared Jackson, I know we're getting a little off topic. We'll get back on it. But with the Jared Jackson stuff, like, Derek Carr's gotten it as well. Just like – he, 
he's done what he's been able to do. It's like you give him a bunch of dudes catching passes from Darren Waller. Like, what do you expect? You get an I can go off on a huge soapbox about that, but I think Der- I think Derek Carr has been fine. I've never wanted to get rid of Derek Carr. He's not um, the problem. No, he's never been the problem. Yeah. No, yeah, we, we better not go off on a tangent. Did you read the comments on our last one? Uh about which one which one? About Roser going off on his tangent. No. So the first comment, the dude didn't even it's very clear he didn't listen to the episode. He just read the post of us advertising and he was just like WTF. Who wants to turn on a Grizzlies podcast and listen to people talk about candy corn and, and football? I'm turning it on to listen to it about Grizzlies takes, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, dude, there's a total of two minutes where we talk about that stuff. Like, it's very clear that you just read the post and and, didn't, and everybody's like, hey, yeah, we're listening. And it takes at least 20 minutes before they talk about anything other than the Grizzlies. Like, and they and Justin sit there trying to bring it back on track. I'm like, dude, go, just go on somewhere. <laughs> Old With Roger, sometimes it's hard to bring it back. He was awesome, though. And I'd oh, have yeah. him on no, again. I love Roser. I'd have him on again and let him rant about whatever he wanted to rant about. Roser's rants. If we could do that as a segment, that'd be great. But I, I, mean, be, I know that uh, be fantastic. <laughs> he's got his own radio show with Chris Vernon that uh, he can do that on. Yeah, we got a shout out on the on Chris Vernon's show too, so that was pretty cool. Yeah, and then uh, who was it from twenty four? Was it Brad Broders? Was he the one that uh, had the candy corn? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So. Ben, we're famous. Appreciate all the people listening. Or <laughs> well, giving us shout outs and not listening, whatever. You know, appreciate it. <laughs> so let me, let's ask this and then we'll wrap it up. Has there been a, uh, have you, have you found anything other than the Miami game that's been just disappointing at this point in the season? A player, uh, uh up into the last two games, I guess the bench, at least we've gotten some productivity from the bench. Uh, we talked a little bit beforehand, Kyle Anderson. I, I think it's nice to see him start, you know, filling it up from the bench a little bit. Tyus Jones, he had a big game on Monday. Uh, the rookie, Zaire Williams, he's been a pleasant surprise. Uh, I mean, Brandon Clark is the one that's the obvious, like, disappointment because he's just found his way outside of the rotation, which I, I don't know if that's just they're doing it matchup wise, but it just seems like a, a lot of times he's just not finding the floor. I mean, there's some games Tillman doesn't see the floor either, but still Clark Tillman seems to be preferred over Clark. And I, I hate seeing that because Clark so showed such promise. I mean, he had a historic rookie season and he's just kind of fallen out of favor with uh, Taylor Jenkins. And it wouldn't surprise me if he's moved by the trade deadline. Yeah. So I'll plug Parker here. Uh, he's got a piece coming out talking about just that Brandon falling out of the rotation uh, for me, I think the most interesting part about that is you had Jaron come into the fourth quarter, uh, the Denver game, and immediately pick up his like a fifth foul, and the coach pulled him right back out. And instead of putting Brandon in at the four next to Tillman, he put in Conchar, and it it was just it's odd to see that that was the choice. Now we know that Conchar is always in the right place at the right time, making making stuff happen, but. It just it's weird. It's odd that was you know obviously Kyle they figured out as best as a four. He he doesn't yeah. help you much as a three. So like that it creates a log jam in, in the front court. Um, I don't know. I'm in, I'm interested to see what Parker's take is uh, on that article. I, I'd like to know you know what what it's about. Um, but it seems like I, Brandon and I don't know. It's weird. You're right. Uh, 
Zaire has been awesome. Um, the defense was disappointing. They're turning it around. Yeah. All right. So tomorrow night is the Washington Wizards. Tip is at six. Uh, a little bit earlier tip because it's on the East Coast. Um, you looked at any bets yet? Any lines come out on that yet? No, but uh, Washington is three and one against the spread at home. So that is uh, that matters. something to keep it. Yeah. I mean, that does matter. And uh, I mean, overall, they are uh, against the spread, they are five and three. So they're two and two uh, on the road. Grizzlies, though, they're six and two against the spread this season. Three and one at home, three and one on the road. They've been a they've been a fun dog to take. Yeah, I mean they. I think they were. I believe they were. They initially were a dog Monday night against Denver because it was unsure if Ja was going to play. But as soon as they announced Ja in the starting lineup, that, they flipped. Uh, yeah. It flipped cut, uh, three points. It went to Grizzlies minus two, and then last night. Uh, they were a one-point dog again because I guess they just assumed that Denver would do it, make adjustments. And for me, it kind of felt like an easy win. So I took I took Grizzlies plus one. I, uh, the one thing that didn't hit finally was Desmond Bain uh, over 21 and a half. Uh, I guess it was last Saturday, the Miami game. I went 0-2 and 1 because Bain didn't even play. But the Bain one, it was over 21 and a half points, rebounds, and assists. He had zero in the first quarter, but but heading into the fourth quarter, he had 20. He gets in the fourth quarter, gets one rebound, and then Taylor waves a white flag and puts the rest of the guys in. So it's sitting at, I miss it by the hook, which, which is rough, but it, I mean, it is what it is. But like last night I had, I had Jaron over 14 and a half points. I had Zaire Williams over seven and a half points, rebounds and assists. Dude knocks down. He three, three, yeah. Yeah, I even uh, I bet uh, Grizzlies first to ten points. Uh, I actually hit first bucket Aaron Gordon, so I was like, just Dang, like cashing out fire money. last night. Last night, yeah. I mean, I missed the uh, like I said, I missed Desmond Bain, and I also had uh, John Morant over twelve and a half points and rebound. They're not points and rebounds, rebounds and assists. The hook got me on that one too. He had six and six, so he had twelve. Mm, dang. I mean. But everything else, it was it was a successful night last night. Like I really don't normally do the first re- first basket because it's such a crapshoot. But I put I put a little on Gordon. I put a little on Bain because those were the the highest odds. And those two dudes, like they score. So I was like, those look like you know good bets. If Jokic or Morant score the first bucket, you know I'll take the L, whatever. But those are the two guys that scored the first buckets for each team. I just I just won with Gordon, but. You know, it, uh, the props are the way to go right now because Vegas really hasn't caught up with uh, the players yet because they're still trying to figure out if the guys are for real or not. So right now that's the way. You and, and they're still trying to figure out the teams are for real too because, like, I've been hammering Toronto as a dog. Like, Toronto's filthy on defense, like, and they yeah. keep winning. So, like, I've hammered them as a dog. The Bulls keep being dog for some reason, so I keep hammering them too. So Cleveland's been a fun dog to take because they're unexpected. So, like, these the Vegas early season NBAs where you can really catch Vegas and win some money off of them um, because they just don't know what teams are going to be like. I remember the first bet I ever placed was uh, like the first week of the season. I put a hundred dollars on a three game parlay and hit, and I got six hundred bucks off of 
off of my first bet ever. And it was, you know, the Grizzlies were a dog against somebody. Uh, the Warriors were like 11 point favorites. And then Clay Thompson went for 30 points in the first, fourth quarter and they won by like 12. And then somebody else hit. And it's just, you know, one of those deals where, you know, this is, if you're going to catch it, catch it now. I, I just, I try to stay away from Grizzlies bets because I, yeah, I think they can win every game. So, <laughs> Oh, um, I, I understand. I'm I guess I'm I guess the, the line hasn't come out. I'm guessing he, uh Washington's probably gonna be a three and a half, four and a half point favorite at home. I'm guessing. Something something along those lines. And the I, I the, take the Grizzlies. Yeah, and the under is probably gonna be uh tempting the way that the Grizzlies defense has played recently. Um yeah. And the, the, you know, the Wizards don't have much, you know, scoring outside of Bill and Dinwiddie. I mean Kuzma can get hot. Um, but they're not going to play. And that's what, that's where I get caught up in is who's going to defend on Washington. So like we could probably put up a ton of points, uh, but we're going to be on the road. So um, I just have to see what the line is. If it's something like two twenty six, something like that, I'm probably going to have to go under. Yeah. I, that probably sounds about, that sounds about right. Cause you know, the Grizzlies are going to score. So. Yeah, well, you hope. I mean, they went to an overtime yeah. game and only scored, what, 103, something like that? So, uh, <laughs> is what it is. All right. Um, you got anything before we jump out? No. Um, I guess we'll have just a few days in between podcasts because this one's sort of later in the week, and then you got one next week. Well, you may be riding solo next week because we're going to the hospital Sunday night for the baby. So, Chris has got a game, got home games Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So, we'll, I mean, Maybe maybe record a short one on on Tuesday. Well, we'll I'll I'll catch up with you. Uh, good luck with that. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. I mean, I know I know it's more good luck for your for your wife, but right. You know. Oh, good luck <laughs> on having two uh, two under two. <laughs> getting getting adjusted to that. So in Kyrieville, uh, our season starts. Uh, well, we started practice officially this week. Um, we got a scrimmage against Bartlett on Saturday. And then our first game is at home uh, on the 16th. So everything's ramping up in life right now. So it's a exciting time. Team no sleep. Yep. Yep. I'm right there with you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, that's it for us on this episode uh, of the three and D pod. Make sure you go follow Ben on Twitter at not the golfer. Uh, you can find me at J underscore Timberfake underscore. You can find our stuff over at grizzly bear blues Make sure you follow Grizzly Bear Blues on Twitter at SBN Grizzlies. Um, and I guess I need to do a better job at using the 3 and D pod Twitter, uh, but I, I haven't been on top of that. But for Ben, I'm Justin. We'll catch you guys next week.